peace and blessings, everyone. I'm your host, Sean Crystal Parker, and welcome to episode 15 of Real Shift Happens. This episode is going to be all about the chakra system. So stay tuned because you won't want to miss a thing. I go within, walking in the fertile soil of my own being. There my ancestors' fossilized footprints lead the path to my destiny, embedded in my soul. I can feel the pain and the toil, the sorrow. I bear the weight on my shoulders, but also the joy, the laughter, the song. I hear my community deep within my spirit, quietly guiding my footsteps along the path. I go within. Thank you so much for joining me on the Real Shift podcast. So today, or in this episode, we're talking about the chakra system. And I know there's a lot of naysayers out there about chakras and there's a lot of people who just kind of think chakra and the whole thing is pseudo and, you know, kind of a hippie thing. Um, but I really believe that these people are uninformed because if you do your research, you will see that the chakra system is not only real, but it's also a vital aspect to our existence on earth. So I, th- I would say that that's not pseudo. That's pretty important, you know, but um, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to get into that. We're going to do a deep dive into what the chakra system really means and how it relates to your, you and your life. But first let's go ahead and get into our five minute focus shift right now. Returning to the source is serenity. We will now begin the meditation. Sit comfortably in your chair. Close your eyes and relax. One of the best ways to train your brain to focus on the positive is through practicing the state of appreciation. Bring your awareness to your breath. Taking deep breaths and relaxing as you breathe out. Breathing in slowly and breathing out slowly. (laughs) 
We are now going to learn a good way to celebrate the gifts in our life. Continue to breathe slowly in and breathe slowly out. Remember a time when you felt really grateful for a special moment in your life. It could be with family, a loved one, friends, or in nature. Let your heart feel that feeling, like the warmth of the sun is shining on it. Feel that warm sun moving from your heart to all over your body. Through your arms and your legs into your fingers and toes. Enjoy this feeling of being surrounded as though your entire body is being wrapped in a warm, cozy blanket. Continue to breathe in and out gently as you feel grateful and happy. Try to embrace this feeling for as long as possible. Now slowly, gently open your eyes and welcome back. And coming back. Nice, nice, nice. Just slowly come back. Bring your awareness back into the room or wherever you are right now and yeah I mean I know that felt good stop stop it you know it felt good um and the the reminder here is that 
you can go to this place any time, any time. I mean, not while like you're, you know, driving or something like that, but you know what I mean. You can go there whenever you need to, whenever you need um, to just like kind of get yourself back, get, get a grip on yourself or you need to relax or if you just want to go there because it's you, you're going inside yourself. So that's it. And there's nothing that can ever, you know, hurt that hurt you by doing that. I don't think, even though some people say will, um, I believe that it will not. And if it does definitely don't do it because you know, you are your own person. Everybody is not the same. Everybody has different experiences. So do what feels right for you. Definitely. Okay. So the topic at hand is chakras. Um, I've been wanting to do an episode about the chakras in the beginning with, this is still the beginning, but in the beginning, beginning, Um, but I don't know. I thought it was too extensive and it is kind of, but it's necessary. And I think especially since last episode, we talked about, we've touched on the chakra system. Um, because in the book, the untethered soul, the author, Michael Singer sort of touches on it too, but, um, he doesn't go fully into it. And I think that it's just a good opportunity to like, go into it and kind of really get an idea of, um, what the chakra system really is and what it, even more so what it means to you in your life. You know, how does it affect you? How does it help you? What, um, you know, and it can, and there are ways there's, you know, it does affect you whether you know it or not, because it's just energy. So the, you know, energy affects us. We're energy and that's just what it is. So, okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So most people have heard of the chakras, of course, and people have heard, you know, other people saying I need to align my chakras or something along those lines. But yeah, what does it really mean and what the hell is a chakra right a lot of people wonder and you know google's your friend if you do ever (laughs) I always tell people that because it's true google is your friend but um yeah it would it takes it doesn't take a lot of googling to find out about the chakras but I wanted to kind of go a little more in depth than what's like just a regular chakra Google. And of course, we're not going to go that deep because this is not a textbook, right? This is just a podcast, but we're just, we're going to go a little deeper than the average. Okay. So I think that the first thing to understand, and even whether you believe in chakras or not, is that we are energy. We're literally made of energy. And so ancient cultures have different names 
for the energy, right? Like chi, prana, life force, etc. Um, these are all names for the energy flow that's pretty much animating us as humans here on earth. So when you understand, you know, that we are energy and that the energy flows by way of frequencies and harmonics, then we start to understand that, you know, the chakra system is simply kind of like a harmonic vortex energy center that's spinning like a wheel to help, you know, throughout our body to help us regulate the flow of energy through the body. So it's just like a regulator that um, helps the energy move through the body, up and down the body. So the word chakra is Sanskrit for wheel, which describes that spinning motion that the vortex energy center has, like a vortex. Um, And I guess the knowledge of chakras has been around for a really, really long time. It's not something new or new age religion, what people like to say, which is I'm not new age religion whatsoever, because first of all, that's not a religion. And maybe some people have making it to be a religion, but in my mind, it's not. Um, In my mind, the new age is simply that a new age, a new astrological age. So, um, but this, this has nothing to do with the new age, even Um, not in this sense, this chakras um, are all about energy. It's all about the energy that flows in our body. That's all. So when we look back at the history of chakras, it's obviously best known for um, being a part of ancient Hindu texts. Um, and that dates back to at least 2000 years. But there's also other cultures who have chakra models as well. There's the Tibetan um, six chakra system, the Incan energy system, um, the Tagali system, and also, you know, ancient Egyptians, of course, and Africans had a chakra system and a tree of life system. So this is ancient, ancient uh, wisdom here. You know, it's not, it's not pseudo, it's not, um, oh, some new age or Illuminati or any of this uh, kind of conspiracy stuff that's out there now. (laughs) So, oh, side note, if you really, really want to search up about like the chakra system and all of um, yoga even that came out of ancient Kemet, which was the name is the name for uh, Egypt, Um, definitely do a little research on that because there was yoga and um, all of these things, like I said, in ancient Egypt. So it kind of dates before some of the, what, you know, what it's known for. It goes back. Of course, the names and the words are, weren't exactly the same. And, um, you know, I don't know. 
Egyptology is one of those things that has been hijacked by academia. So if the story is not like what the standard story is supposed to be, then um, you kind of are in the outskirts if you're like an Egyptologist. Like there's pretty much one story that they stick to, but um, that's academia. There's always other stories. And there's actually a, some books by um, C.B. Dr. Muada Ashby. And he has a, a whole series of books about Egyptian yoga, um, about all the ancient Egyptian diets and um, enlightenment and religion. So check those books out on Amazon. For sure they're there because I bought mine there. I'll link them, of course. Uh, if you're looking at this on my website, you'll you'll see the link there. Or if you go to my website, you'll see the link there. If you're just listening to this podcast, um, go to my website and get the link <laughs> when you can. Okay. So anyway, uh, all these cultures agree that chakras are a link between the energy flowing through us or, you know, our spirit, which is kind of like our energy flowing through us, our soul that's animating us, right? And it's a link with that and our physical realities. And basically this, if you know, you want to believe it or not, this is totally affecting our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. So it's to me, it's like kind of laughable when people think it's pseudo because it's really important, as I was saying earlier. And I guess just need to kind of do some research, to do a little research. Well, it's not even a little, just do some research, look up some stuff, read or go within, get the internosis, you know, there's ways to know, um, what all that stuff is about instead of just saying, Oh, I don't believe it. Okay. So anyway, also, Ooh, there's an amazing, amazing explanation by the author Anodia, Anna, what Anodia Judith. And she's uh, a writer and researcher who studied thoroughly on chakras. And she has several books that she's written about it. But from one of her really good books, there's a great quote, which is, she goes to say, chakras are organizational centers for the reception, assimilation, and transmission of life force energy. They are the stepping stones between heaven and earth. Powerful. It's just powerfully worded. It's right on point. And then she goes on to say, chakras act as portals between the inner world of our, of out, of, no. Chakras act as portals between the inner, inner world of your experience and the outer world of your environment. When your chakras are aligned and open, your mind and body work in harmony, making your actions more effective 
in the world. So that's it. That's the key. That's why we're talking about aligning the chakras, opening the chakras, um, because it has everything to do with our mind, body, and spirit, or like what I like to say, um, spirit, mind, body, because it's kind of like the spirits first, and then the mind, and then the body. Or, you know, it's coming down like that, especially in the chakra system, but it goes up too. Anyway, honestly, I don't know. I just, I think it's really difficult sometimes to really, really comprehend ourselves as being like energy. Just like we feel like matter. We feel like physical things. We're touching things, you know, it's hard. It's wood, whatever. It's your big head. (laughs) I don't know. Most people just don't really think of anything you know, outside of their own physical world, right? Like we just don't, we don't think of our um, cup that we're drinking out of as being energy molecules. We just, it's a cup. So I don't know if, I guess if you, well, I don't know, science too. Old school science always felt like if they couldn't see it, or use their five senses, then it's not really something tangible to actually study as scientific. And I mean, that's definitely changed now because there's definitely studies on consciousness and um, just all of the things that we can't see, right? Even radio waves, like Wi-Fi and stuff. So um, obviously there's something unseen, right? And um we just don't really want to think about that shit. To be honest, it's it, we're we're mostly out here just trying to survive, for the most part. Um, the majority of people in the world really are just trying to survive, and don't really want to think about the abstract and don't want to go that deep. So when it comes to you know kind of having to think about something outside of our physical environment, I would guess that most people only do that kind of thinking maybe at church you know you go to church um well some churches you go to and you get in the spirit right you feel the spirit within you and you get upliftment and positive vibes from the spirit and then once the church activities are over you might still feel the residuals of it for a while until it fades away um, maybe during the week, maybe later in the day when something throws you off and makes you mad, or maybe for some reason, as soon as you step out of the church building, you, you don't feel the spirit anymore. Whatever the case, you know, you truly felt uplifted. The spirit touched you, right? When you were in church. But what is that spirit, if not positive energy or vibe? You know, there is no form to it. There's nothing you can see or touch, but you can definitely feel it. And it uplifts everyone in the room. Whether, you know, you believe in God or Jesus or source or any, none of that. The energy is still there, right? It's palpable. It's, you felt it and everyone felt it. So if you 
have ever experienced anything like this or something similar, we can agree that there is something that we cannot see, touch, or smell. It has no form. It can uplift. We can only feel it through our emotions and maybe perceive it with our intuition. So that's, it's there. We agree that, right? We agree on that. And science also agrees that there is a natural force or of energy that is no thing that flows through everyone and everything. So it's invisible. And now, like I said, science is actually studying this more. And But not only that, like basic physics kind of tells us that everything is energy. It's just like when we talked about in episode 13 about the quantum jumping, we're made of energy, light particles at the anatomical level. And they're, they're not even touching each other. So they're just like swirling around in space. And the particles can be at more than one place at a time. The particles can appear and disappear and change when observed. And that's like, that's only the tip of it, right? There's so much more and it's much more intricate and complicated, of course. But basically, you know, most people don't know that quantum physics is now the top theories of scientists. Like this is what they're going by now. And um, tests have just been more and more advanced. They're just advancing more and more into theories. And, um, you know, places like CERN and they're test, doing tests all the time for this. Also, um, Google, Google's in a race for quantum supremacy. And quantum, the whole quantum computing and quantum computer thing is kind of about like testing consciousness it goes deep that's a whole nother subject um but there's also scientific studies on the chakras like there's actual people who've been out there who are qualified scientists who have been studying the chakra system and the the, the basically the energy systems of the body and um, there's one very um, famous doctor, Dr. Valerie Hunt, who's a professor of, who was a professor, she's passed now, she was a professor of kinesiology at UCLA, and she measured human electromagnetic output with an electromyograph, and she found that radiation was emanating from the body right at the points of the chakras where where ancient you know ancient wisdom has said that these chakra points are this is where that radiation emanated from and of course the studies go way deeper so definitely check her out because she's she's all over um youtube talking lectures and then she has some books as well so there really is like scientific proof of chakras. Hmm. 
And so definitely go in. If you want to get more like scientific proof, definitely go in and uh, do that research for yourself. And, you know, I'm not really here to try to make you believe in chakras. Like this is not a religion or anything. (laughs) Everyone's on their own path. So if you don't believe, whether you believe or not, it's not up to me to convince. I just want to kind of break it down to show why um, the chakra system makes sense. Why, you know, there should be, um, if we're made up of energy, it makes sense that there would be uh, some type of energy mechanism within us to kind of organically help conduct the energy swirling through us, right? And to me, that makes sense because that's kind of like physics, physics, physics again. Um, I mean, I'm not a, like, by any means, I'm not a scientist and I almost could care less about the scientific proof because I have um, intuition and I feel like intuition is the gnosis and the knowing that we all have. So when we start to go within ourselves and we start to, you know, you can discern like truth from um, from lies. You pretty much can. You feel it in you and all of that. So anyway, back to chakras. <laughs> you can kind of think of the chakras as an energy conductor within the body so just like the heart is like rhythmic and it contracts and relaxes and it circulates the correct blood flow to all the different areas of the circulatory and the cardiovascular systems that's the same way the chakras help disperse the energy flow to the different organs in the different parts of our body. So think of it kind of like that. It's it's like an invisible, you know, organ or something. A visible, invisible system of organs, actually, because there's more than one. There's many. And for the most part, everyone agrees that there's seven major chakras within the subtle body energy. But there are some intuits and um, some other wise people who perceive more than seven chakras. And according to spiritual masters, Amit Ray and Satgura, their teachings, they, and also this is, I think this is also ancient um, Indian teachings, Hindu teachings, that there are also, there are actually 114 chakras and 72,000 nadis and the nadis are the pathway of the life energy flow kind of like the veins with you know the blood flowing through our system the chakras the nadis are like that that those little pathways and then the chakras are like the distribution centers for that energy flow for the to pass through those nadis through those pathways and you know for this discussion we're just going to stick with the seven main chakras okay and if you want to get deeper again into um the nadis and um more of the sort of um anatomy 
deep anatomy part of it because it does go deep into the anatomy. Um, definitely do some more research on that, okay? Because, you know, nobody can give you all the answers. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are things that, like, when you get the interest and you get the spark to um, be like, hmm, I wonder. That's when you just go look it up and just look it up until it might even lead you to something else. And just look up whatever until you're tired of looking it up. And then you get some knowledge on something, you know? That's it. It's very simple, especially nowadays that we have the the Google. Like in my day, we had encyclopedias and they all said the same shit. So it wasn't, it didn't even matter. You just went to the library. You got all the same information. Like you didn't even get different. Um, well, of course you had different books, but the authority was the encyclopedia, right? And, you know, all the encyclopedias seemed to say the same thing. So anyway, I keep getting on tangents, sorry, but we're going to, what we're going to do in, in this section actually is just go through each chakra where it's located because each chakra has its location in the body and each chakra also corresponds to many other things. Like they all have a color, they have, have a symbol, they have frequencies, glands that they're they're associated with organs um emotions and so much more like there's so many levels to this okay but um all of these all of these different associations are really important when you're diagnosing what chakras out of balance because this is also chakras are also a tool to help us figure out like what's going on with our bodies so we can go, we'll go through each one in more detail and then we'll talk about um, what could cause the blockages and also ways to keep the chakras spinning in balance and harmony. So each layer of the chakras represent the level of consciousness also in that spirit. So we're starting at the base of the spine, the chakras start there, and they go all the way up to the crown of the head. So if we're starting with the first chakra, which is at the base of the spine, we have the root chakra, or in Sanskrit, Mudlahara. The meaning is root support. The location is the genital area. The color is red. The symbol is the four petal lotus. The principle is gravity and solidity. The statement, I am, the element, earth, or the material world and matter. And the gland is the adrenals. So the root chakra is responsible for our physicality our survival instincts, our will to live, our urge towards security and money and possessions. And it's basically our foundation for physical life. And it's ruled by our primitive flight or fight instinct. Okay, so when this chakra is balanced, a person will feel safe and secure and stable and pretty comfortable in their own skin. And 
they're able to, you know, stay grounded and practical in order to deal with whatever comes their way. So they're able to just stay calm, um, grounded. And when it's blocked, though, this person probably feels unstable and insecure about life. So it's like the opposite when it's or, you know, when I say blocked also, we say block, but it also could be just like the spin is not spinning fast enough. So the spin could be either too slow or too fast, or it could be blocked. Okay. So in the first chakra, if you have some, some, you know, issues with that spin, the common physical signs of the imbalance, you're going to have sleeping issues, poor circulation, reproductive problems, and metabolism issues. So those are all common signs, physical signs of an, of a first chakra, your root chakra imbalance. Okay. The second chakra is the sacral chakra or in Sanskrit, Swadhisthana. And this means one's own place. And the location is the abdomen. The color is orange. The symbol is the six petal lotus. The principle is polarity. The statement, I feel. The element is water and the ebb and flow of the water. And the gland is the ovaries and the testes. So the sacral chakra is associated with expressions through our sexuality, our creativity, emotions. Um, It's our sense of abundance, our pleasure and well-being. And in a balanced state, a person will feel excitement and passionate um, for a passionate love for life itself. You would just feel passionate about life, you know. And if you're blocked, you might feel like your life is out of control, like you have no control over your life. You might have moral shame and you might have some pain of disappointment that causes even more blockages. So some of the common physical signs of imbalance in the second chakra is lower back pain, Um, infertility or PMS, digestive problems, low energy, kidney or gallbladder problems. And those are just a few. And so the third chakra is the solar plexus chakra. And that's Manipura. And the meaning of that is lustrous gem. That's located right above the abdomen. And the color is yellow. The symbol is a 10 petal lotus. The principle is combustion. The statement is I do. The element is fire. And the gland associated is the pancreas. So the solar plexus is considered the power center of the chakras. And it makes up the third of the lower body chakras. And It's key to distributing the proper amount of vital energy to the body. And basically, this is the starting point of where those 72,000 nadis 
that we briefly mentioned earlier. This is where they kind of stem from. So this area is responsible for your self-esteem, your confidence, your courage, your personal power. So this is a really powerful place, your solar plexus, right? Your personality comes from here, your ego. And in a balanced state, a person will have a really clear sense of self. You're confident, you're free to express your true self. And if it's blocked, you may have like fears of failure or rejection or like fears of humiliation. And you may just be more closed off and have low self-esteem. Some of the common physical signs of imbalance in the third chakra is high blood pressure, um, panic attacks, indigestion, liver problems, and frequent illness. So that power center is really important. It's said that the majority of people will live their entire lives in three lower physical chakra areas. And this is why religions and spirituality teach enlightenment um, in the sense of like rising above those lower energy levels of man to the spiritual aspects of man. So if you've ever heard someone say like he's um he's he lives through his lower chakras or you know something like that, that's kind of what that means is that you're you know, you're not living in that spiritual aspect of ourselves, right? I I don't know. I kind of think that our true calling though for humans is to live through the full spectrum of the self, right? So the lower self and the higher self, basically integrating the spiritual with the physical. And because we, we can't be, we are spiritual beings in physical bodies, right? We've all heard that, but we can't just be spiritual. All, you know, we, we have to be both. We have to, because we're in physical bodies, So we can't ignore the physical no matter how spiritual we are. And no matter how physical we are, you don't want to ignore the spiritual, right? And it it reminds me a lot about, of like um, yoga poses, yoga poses, because most of the yoga poses, the foundational poses, like the standing yoga poses, say like Tadasana, like extended mountain pose, um, you're pressing down with your lower body. You're pressing down to stay grounded, to be rooted. And then you're stretching up with your upper body. So you're, you're reaching up with that spiritual part of yourself to get that connection to God, to get that flow, that universal flow of energy coming down in through your chakra system to flow through you so that it will open up your chakras and it will um, make you feel good and actually like like uh, Anno Diaz Judas said live a better and more effective life and also she she mentioned you are the bridge between heaven and earth so that chakra system is is like a bridge too. It's the bridge within us that makes us the bridge, you know? 
So anyway, number four is your fourth chakra is your heart chakra. And that's Anahata. That's in Sanskrit, Anahata. And that means unstruck or unhurt or an unhurt. Okay. The location's obviously the heart center. The color is green. The symbol is a 12 petal lotus. The principle is equilibrium. The statement, I love. The element, air. And the gland, the thymus gland. Okay. So the heart chakra is associated with love, tenderness, compassion, um, empathy. And also it's about uniting the masculine and the feminine energies. So the heart and the heart chakra is considered to be the bridge between the lower chakras, the three that we just talked about, and which is the physicality and the material world and the upper chakras, which is associated with the spirituality. So the heart, <clears throat> excuse me, is when it's balanced, it's connecting, is that perfect bridge connecting the spiritual and the physical, the lower and the upper. And that's why it's um, uniting the masculine and the feminine. So it goes super, super layered deep. Okay. But um, if you get that, like you get it, you know what I mean? So someone with a balanced heart chakra has the ability to truly love themselves and others and they're able to forgive unconditionally to feel genuine compassion for others and they're able to maintain healthy relationships so when the heart chakra is open you feel a deep deep sense of connection to everything around you because you you're basically opening up that bridge between the spirit and the physical the heart is is like everything right so when it's blocked or it's out of out of balance you may have problems opening up to others you know you're really closed off you have a fear of being betrayed or um you may have like uncontrolled self-criticism or you just don't love yourself enough and i think that this is a major 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 problem and we don't talk about self-love on that people think of self-love as like oh I'm going to the spa oh I'm going to self-love myself and go buy you know a a bag that costs too much or whatever like that no self-love is about love it's about truly loving yourself I'm talking about loving all your shit all your own bullshit loving it Loving the dark, dark, deep, crazy parts of yourself. Like knowing all those parts, not being in denial about all those dark shadow parts of ourselves. But also loving those parts because we all have them. All have them. And the person who doesn't show that to anyone is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of that person, but I know that that person has some emotional problems. 
that's all. And they're, they're somewhere in their chakra system, I'm sure is blocked or, um, it's somewhere is not spinning. Uh, it's either a deficiency in the spin or, um, it's spinning too much. Okay. So that's definitely going to be there in somebody, unless you really, really, really are that enlightened where you've, um, kind of gotten to a point where you don't, you aren't bothered by anything. There's a way of people faking that and acting like they're not bothered by nothing because they don't like confrontation. But then there's people who actually are to a point of enlightenment where the mundane things of life do not bother them. They really, really do not bother them. Okay. And that's there. There's a difference there. Right. So anyway, some of the common physical signs of imbalance with the heart chakra are anxiety, depression, um, upper back pains, respiratory problems, chronic fatigue, and of course, heart related issues. So there's, you know, those are serious things when it comes to the heart. Very serious. Number five is the throat chakra. And in Sanskrit, that's Vishuddha. And that means purification. The location is the throat. The color is blue. The symbol is 16 petal, is the 16 petal lotus. The principle is sympathetic vibration. The statement, I speak. The element, sound or ether or both. Um, the gland, the thyroid. So the throat chakra is considered the first spiritual energy center of the upper body. And it gives voice to the heart chakra. So like I said, the heart chakra is that bridge between the lower man and the upper man, the physicality and the spirituality, right? So when it comes to the throat, that's the first spiritual center that's connected to the heart. And remember, all of these centers are connected. They're all interdependent of each other, right? So the um, the voice, or the voice, the throat chakra is associated with communication, self-expression, maturity, and truth. And when it's in balance, a person is able to freely express their inner truth and freely flow between their inner and outer worlds. Okay. And now when it's blocked, uh, you might have trouble finding the words to say how you truly feel. Um, This person might have unexpressed emotions or even a fear of showing how you feel or your creativity to the world. You don't, you want to keep everything kind of bottled in. So some of the common physical signs of imbalance in the throat chakra are cold symptoms, uh, of course, throat problems, stiff neck, thyroid imbalances, and issues breathing. So the throat chakra is pretty important. It's a, you know, like I said, the first spiritual center and then from there we go up to the third eye chakra anja 
and the meaning is perceive or command. The location is between the brow and the center of the forehead. The color is indigo. The symbol is the two-petal lotus. The principle is luminescence or illumination. The statement, I see. The element, light. The gland, the pituitary gland. So the third eye chakra is, you know, people always talk about the third eye. Well, it controls our ability to see the big picture. And it really represents our own intuition. It's a source of imagination, wisdom, and decision making. So when this chakra is balanced, a person can tap into, you know, the subtle energies really easy. You can tap into those energies that are around us. And this person has the power to unlock psychic abilities, even like clairvoyance or clairaudience. So it's a pretty powerful thing when this uh, chakra is fully balanced. It's your really powerful person if you can have this chakra fully balanced. But remember, it's not about having one balance. It's about having them all balanced and aligned because they all work together because we're integrating all of these parts of ourselves into one because that's who we are. It's just who we are. We've been taught to like block out certain aspects of ourselves, And this is the time to actually integrate and bring all of the aspects of ourselves back into one. So, um, so in the third eye chakra, when you're blocked or out of balance, you, this person might be disconnected from the world or just a cynical, really cynical person or very spacey and confused, um, or someone kind of out of touch with reality. Um, and also common physical signs of an imbalance with the third eye chakra is uh, ear and eye issues. You can sometimes have sleep paralysis, learning disabilities, hormone dysfunctions, and balance issues. So those are some of the common physical signs. And the last one is the seventh chakra is the crown chakra. In Sanskrit, it's called Sarasara. And the meaning is thousandfold lotus. The location is at the crown of the head. The color is purple. The symbol is a thousand petal lotus. The principle is omnipresence, omniscience, truth, consciousness, bliss. The statement is I understand. The element is consciousness and thought. The gland is the pineal gland and also the nervous system in the brain. So the crown chakra represents enlightenment and the absolute realization of self, the embodiment of cosmic consciousness, and peace and bliss. So a person with a balanced crown chakra will have a strong connection to the infinite source of life and consciousness, or just a really strong connection to God, a sense of oneness and unity with all and everything. And this person basically is enlightened. Okay. Um, 
Of course, there's not many people on earth who have reached this level. And we would think of someone like Jesus or Krishna when we think of someone who's reached this full potential and this full self-actualization, right? So the imbalances in the crown chakra can cause spiritual addiction, um, feelings of disconnectedness from source, uh, depression, fear of dying, um, all sorts of things, but also common physical signs of the of an imbalance in the crown chakra are vision problems, cognitive issues, dizziness, nervous system imbalances, and memory problems. So that's the seven chakra system. And just from those brief descriptions, you can see that they actually have a lot to do with everything that's a part of us, like literally. So um, it goes way deeper than I have time to explain here, of course, but I think you get the gist of it. Like these energy centers are paramount to how our bodies function and how we function in life, you know, because this is a source energy. It's the energy, um, it's the current that's flowing through us. And it's always there, of course. It's animating us. It's giving us life. But we still have to work on, you know, clearing the blockages that we've collected from the past or even like past lives sometimes. Um, We have to identify what they are and where they are in the body. And then that's the key to helping us diagnose and figure out like where those blockages are and how to open them and how to get them balanced and, you know, get our systems balanced, get our energy right. And so there's many ways that you can clear the chakras and clear those blockages and align them. Of course, yoga is a great way to do it. Um, People, you know, it's a great exercise period, but it really does help clear up a lot of, you know, things within you. Like it's like a miracle worker. I don't know. Um, there's also like, there's this book by Anno Diath Judith and it's called Chakra Yoga. And she gives super amazing uh, tips on yoga poses for each individual chakra chakra energy center so also you can look online for like um things like uh foods to eat for chakras um all kinds of things okay chakras go really really deep also i can't not mention that meditation helps meditation seriously though when you start meditating on a regular basis you'll start to clear a lot of blockages just by default like it's it's a miraculous thing I'm telling you it's the thing is that when you meditate and I know I've mentioned this before in another podcast uh it does feel good it's relaxing when you get into a regular meditative meditation practice where um you know you're you're getting in there for a good 20 
30 minutes a day minimum and you've done it for a while, you, you start to see that it's not always all bliss. And that's the one thing that most people don't like to mention when it comes to meditation. Um, because, you know, it's, it's actually helping you clear out blockages, old emotions, all kinds of things. So some of this stuff can pop up out of nowhere. And, you, you know, you'll feel like shit, to be honest with you. But um, it's, it's helping. It's helping you peel back the layers. Because there's always going to be layers of, unless you just haven't had any pain or sorrow in your life. Which I can't imagine who, anybody that's lived like that. And maybe there are people like that. I don't know. Shit. But, um, you know. We all, a lot of us have some painful, painful layers and things that we just don't want to face, you know? And so when you start to get into these deep, deep meditation practices, those layers start to un, un, unlayer and uh, stuff comes up, you know? Uh, I mentioned before, I think that, I know I have, that uh, I've been meditating I was doing mindful meditating actually every day since 2012 and I I e hardly ever missed a day. I could count on one hand how many days I've missed. Less than five for sure, maybe four. But um, about a year and a half ago, I started doing transcendental meditation. So it's a different technique and you do it... Um, two times a day for 20 minutes. So you get about 40 minutes of meditation in a day, which is, seems like a lot. Um, but you get used to it when you fit it into your schedule. But anyway, since doing, since starting TM, I've had like serious emotional breakthroughs and it's been crazy. It's been crazy. And at the beginning, I would say the first hmm, six months, maybe there was some hard, hard, you know, time, like irritable. Like I remember being irritable for like a good week, a week at a time, you know, and not being able to shake it, but always continuing to do my meditations daily, my daily meditation. And uh, you get through it. You, you, you might have memories come back. Um, you might have physical pains in your body from, from this, you know, and also the synchronicities are crazy. You'll, you may have crazy synchronicities for me. My synchronicities are so, um, in sync. <laughs> so I don't even really tell people about it because I honestly think that they'll think I'm, in, I'm insane. I tried to tell one of my friends about it. And because I thought that she kind of knew what that meant because she talked about it before. But when I start to tell her how deep my synchronicities go, I can hear, I could hear it in her voice that she was just like, okay. <laughs> I was, I, and then as I'm telling her this, as I'm hearing myself um, tell her, all the synchronicity things that have been happening. I feel like I sound crazy. So I just decided like, don't share that shit with nobody. That's for you. 
And pretty much when you have those synchronicities, it's for you. It's only for you. So everybody's not going to get that. Everybody won't get it because those signs are specifically for you. They're specifically for you. Okay. So I just want to say like, it hasn't been all bliss in roses. You know, it hasn't been all peace. It becomes peace. It becomes peace because you got to work through that shit. You can't go through your whole life thinking that all the trauma and all the shit that happened to you in the past is just like gone just because you grew up. No, that's energy and that's stored deep into you, like into your cells. So you you have to like work on uh, releasing, releasing that energy. Okay, so there may be some really dark times. There might be some dark times through your meditation, but that doesn't mean it's not helping. And that um, I think that the misconception is that it's just all peace and bliss. And it's just, that's not true. It just isn't. And in TM, in Transcendental Meditation, they call um, this unstressing because the meditation is releasing the deep stresses that are embedded in your physiology. And sometimes this is relaxing. And, but most of the times it may not be. And it, it may only be towards the beginning of your practice because this is when, you know, you haven't even touched on that stuff ever in life. And now through this meditation, you're starting to touch on it. So, uh, like I said, you may have some pains, you may feel sad, you may feel the feelings that you felt when, when whatever that was that you went through, you know, whenever you went, whatever that shit was that you went through, you may feel that over again through your meditation in some way. So just a warning. And that's not, um, to scare anyone. It's just for those people who are ready, who are ready to do the work. That's what it's about. It's about people who are ready to do the work. And if you are, then that doesn't scare you. That doesn't scare you. Most people just aren't ready. They're not ready to sit still and deal with the blockages and all the shit because it's just too painful, right? It's too painful to face all the things that we've been through in our lives. And I get it because I've been through some painful shit my damn self which is why I'm on this journey, which is why, which is what led me here, honestly, because I ran from the pain for so long and it just came time where it's like, you can't run, you can't run from yourself, you can't run from the pain, you can't run from the trauma, you have to face it, you just have to face it. And no, we don't want to relive the pain we don't. That's why we bury it. And that's how it becomes a blockage or an imbalance. Okay. And this is, it's so many levels to this because yeah, I'm talking about shockers right now, but isn't that just like pure psychology too? It's psychology. So yeah, the truth is meditation makes you face yourself. And once you do, Ultimately, you do feel better, but it is a cumulative process. It's 
as you continue the practice day by day, um, you feel better and better. You will, you will. Okay. So yeah, there's some instant gratification in that it's a quick relaxation boost, but the long-term effect is much more about the real shifts happening in your life. It's, it's creating, um, those shifts. It really, really is in the undercurrent, in the undercurrent of your subconscious. So if you're ready to advance your meditation practice, I definitely, definitely recommend transcendental meditation or Vedic meditation. Um, Give it a try. It will cost you a fee to learn because you're learning from a licensed practitioner. But to me, it was very much worth it because I was ready. I was ready to sit down face myself in a super, super deep way and, and get down to the bottom of, um, myself, myself, right? So the transcendental meditation topic is definitely one for another episode and that will be coming up soon. I promise. Like, um, I'm not sure when though, maybe next week. I'm not sure. Cause I kind of want to get a guess for that. If I can get, um, a transcendental meditation teacher, maybe even my teacher, I don't know, somebody like that, then that would be great. I think that would be a really, really, really good, important podcast episode. So anyway, guys, I've gone on for a while here. And so on that note, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. And like I said, until next time, what do we do? We have to do the inner work. We got to do the work. This is what I'm talking about. And like I said, if you're not ready, though, don't feel bad. Like, listen, I honestly, I've ran from this shit for years, years. I'm talking like more than a decade. Okay. And it's my soul and spirit is ready now. That's all. That's it. Uh, Everybody is not on the same path. Everybody's timing is not the same. But. If you're ready to do the work, if you're really ready to do that inner work, you can create the shift in your own consciousness. And when you do, it creates a shift in the collective consciousness, man. That's the goal. So listen, don't forget, you guys support the podcast. Um, if you want to support it, go to anchor.fm slash real shift happens we have like a little thing where you can click and support there and also if you um, are listening on any of the podcast platforms definitely definitely subscribe if you want to look for it on the podcast platforms it's on about 10 or 11 of the main ones Um, look for real shift happens wellness podcast and subscribe that way also, you can drop us a message on the Anchor FM, um, on our Anchor FM page, which is anchor.fm slash happens. Right there's a button where you can leave a message, um, talk about the chakra system if you want, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. And, oh, I think next week what I was going to do is talk about 
the Kundalini awakening. Since we're talking about the chakra system, um, I thought, hmm, Kundalini awakening, that would be good because in episode two, I talked about the great awakening, are you woke? And that is kind of from a different perspective. That's also from my own personal experience that was included in that episode, but it's more coming from a, I don't know, just a all over spiritual experience perspective, right? Where we, we can go next week into more of just the Kundalini awakening and how that relates to the chakra system. So if you have any comments on that, definitely drop us a line at anchor.fm slash real shift happens. And, um, Oh, if you had a Kundalini, if you had a Kundalini awakening experience, let me know, let me know. I can add that into the episode. That would be great. And also, Oh, don't forget. We have a book club now, the real shift book club. So if you want to sign up for that, definitely go to realshifthappens.live slash book dash club. Okay. Because for the month of February, we're reading the book by Stuart Wilde and it's called Infinite Self, 33 Steps to Reclaiming Your Inner Power. Super, super powerful book. It's bomb. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. And then in the last week of February, we'll have a podcast, a book club podcast uh, dedicated to that book. And we'll be discussing that. So guys, definitely pick that book up. And uh, if you don't have time, remember, if you're like me, because I don't always have time to read, even though I do love to actually get a physical book to read or I can get a Kindle book too. I don't really care, honestly. But um, I like to read with my eyes, you know. I don't always have time though, right? So what I like to do is get audiobooks. And right now, and hopefully forever, and if you still want to be in on this book club thing, this is the great way to do it. You can get a free audiobook download and your first 30 days for free at audible.com slash real shift happens. So you can be a part of the book club discussion. You don't have to actually sit there and read the book. If you don't have time, you can listen to the book. Um, Remember the book is called infinite self 33 steps to reclaiming your inner power by Stuart Wilde. It's definitely on audible. So you can download that and you know, be a part of the book club. So sign, you don't have to necessarily sign up to be a part of it, but if you do sign up, you will get extra goodies and you'll get to know what books are going to be talked about. You'll also get a chance to vote on what book should be the book of the month. So guys, let's do this. Let's get reading back in style. Like it may not have ever gone out of style for some of you, I'm sure. But <laughs> I just, I, th- I think we should all just be reading, right? And meditating and doing yoga. No, <laughs> whatever. But anyway, until next week, Rule Shifters, 
Go within and make real shift happen. Peace. Thank you.